0: The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Let's remind ourselves of where we've been. Let's go back to Easter Sunday where we finished off our wandering in the wilderness and Pastor Jonathan beautifully connected our baptism with the death and resurrection of Jesus that that is our water crossing into a promised land of God's kingdom, of God's grace and mercy and forgiveness and love we've gone through the water. We live in the wilderness, and yet the promised land is always there for us. And then the next week, we went to Thomas, and we saw what Jesus does with walls. Bursts right through them. He bursts right through our refusing to believe, and comes to us and claims us. I think about how God in Christ bursts through all of the the barriers in our lives to make sure going on to the next week where Pastor Jonathan proclaimed us as children of God and talked about the Easter gift as that incredible promise that we are God's children. As we believe in Christ, we have the power to be children of God, it says in 1 John. And then last week, we heard about Jesus as the shepherd and the rock. Think about it, that because of Easter, because of the resurrection of Jesus and all the brokenness of the world, we have a good shepherd who follows us all the days of our life with his goodness and mercy. And then we have this incredible foundation. That's where we've been, and now today, Jesus says, I am the vine. But he doesn't just say, I'm the vine. He says, I am the true vine. The true vine. Think about it, folks. Let's go back to the Old Testament. What is the vine in the Old Testament? The vine was to be the people of Israel. God's people, God had chosen a people, and these people would be that vine that would bless all the world. But it didn't quite happen. It didn't quite happen. And so Jesus comes along and he says, ah, I am. Remember those I am statements? Ego, me. what's God's name? I am who I am. Jesus says, I am the vine. Now, Jesus is going to be that vine through which life thro- flows to his people, and to all the world. He is the true vine. Now, we get a little mixed up with this passage sometimes if we miss one little detail. And it's a detail that's hidden in English because Y-O-U can be either what? Plural or singular. Unless we live in the South. And they they got that right, y'all. Well, this is a you all. I am the vine, you all are the branches. And so when Jesus says that God is the vine dresser and, and you know, cuts off branches that don't bear fruit, we think, oh my goodness, is he going to cut off as an individual? No, he's talking about his church and that part of the church that isn't bearing fruit, he's going to cut that off. And the part that's bearing fruit, he's going to prune so it bears more fruit. That's an important piece. And then he says, abide. Abide in that vine. You're a part of the vine, so just stay connected. We didn't do anything to get connected. In the faith of our baptism, we were grafted in. Paul will use that language as Gentiles. We are all grafted into the true vine. But that's where we are. God's put us there. So let's stay connected. And let's keep praying that God will use us and prune us as a church, this congregation and all his church, that the gospel, as Philip said you know, that in that Acts passage, he went on preaching the gospel, that we can keep preaching the good news. By the way, just a little plug here. Have you filled out your survey yet? Did you get it? You know that. I think it's 75% of the people who have filled it out so far are women. Guys, get out the email and fill it out. Hey, if you're 20 years old or 30 years old or 40 years old, we want to hear from you. We have a beautiful breadth of congregational members, but you know what? Most of the people who filled that out so far are older than me even. All right, there it is. Way to go, boomers, you know, (laughs) or more. Why are we doing that survey? Because we want God, the Holy Spirit, to prune us and to keep making our ministry better that the Word gets out to more and more people. So fill that out. Okay, that's a side note. Seriously, under this abiding issue, if you were the enemy... Of fruit being produced. If there is an enemy, and I believe there is, what would be your number one strategy? You can't do anything about the vine. Jesus has died and is raised. That is God, the self revelation. You can't do anything about that vine. But if you don't want fruit to happen, what's your strategy? And if you are existing in the body of Christ, maybe you're new in the body of Christ, maybe you've been here forever, you need to know. Maybe you're young. Maybe you're old. Maybe you're, you're wherever you are in the generations. You need to know that the enemy wants to cut you off. I see it happen all the time. People's toes get stepped on. Christians do bad things. Because we're a group of sinners gathered together. We occasionally mess up. That's why Jesus said, what? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. As we forgive those, it's going to happen. People are going to sin against you. So, be ready and have a bigger frame. It isn't just between flesh and blood that's the problem, that there is a force that wants to drive us apart and cut us off from God's people and from the gathered community where the word is preached and the sacraments are given. And that happens most often by interpersonal conflict, whether that's over, I don't know, politics or, or you. Somebody did something, somebody did that or this or said this or that. And sometimes it's some serious stuff, and I understand. But, you know, just know that the enemy wants to sever you from the vine. Don't let it happen. You know, what you're doing right now today, our enemy is furious about because you're abiding because when you abide you produce fruit now this is where i want to finish up and jump to the Acts passage jesus last week said i've got more sheep that i want to bring in that aren't even here yet i want to bring more sheep in somebody called me on that last week pastor bill you didn't get to that and i said well next week What about those sheep? Well, you know, sometimes sermons have faith goals that I want to get you to believe something. Pastor Jonathan wants to get you to believe something. And man, our preaching this Easter, as I just reviewed at the beginning, has just brought you incredible the gifts of the resurrection. Well, what about a life goal today? My my life goal for this sermon would be that we could be more like Philip in the Acts reading. Do you remember what the Ethiopian eunuch said? How do I know who this guy is that Isaiah is talking about if I don't have someone to tell me? <laughs> you see, we need a preacher. And I'm not talking about those who are called and ordained to word and sacrament ministry, as Pastor Jonathan and I are. I'm talking about you. People need a preacher. Not that fiery brimstone preacher that's the connotation, but people need a word from the outside, someone to say, Jesus loves you. Someone to say that Jesus is the Messiah, he is God, the self-revelation of God. People need to know. They need, just like that Ethiopian eunuch needed, they need somebody to put it into words. So let's just think about that story real quickly. The Ethiopian eunuch, now I won't go into details about that, but this is something that some people d- did to some people so that they could be in the court of the queen and there'd be no worries. This is something that you weren't supposed to do in the Old Testament. It's one of the things. And then even in Deuteronomy, it says if somebody is a eunuch, they can't be in the assembly of God. But then Isaiah comes around and says that God's new day will include all of these people that were excluded back in Deuteronomy, and Jesus comes along, the gospel comes along, and starts including all these people who, for various reasons, were thought to be outside the accepted group of people. You see, the church is including everyone because of faith in Christ. That's what ent- brings us into the community. And so this Ethiopian eunuch is actually somebody that's reading the Scriptures, very likely not, hadn't maybe converted to be a Jewish, Jewish person, but um, was maybe these god fears we hear in the book of Acts. And so he was a devout person, and he was reading the, the Scriptures, the Hebrew Scriptures, and he's wondering, who is this strange figure in Isaiah 53? So he's, he's a seeker. And Philip comes along and says, it's Jesus. The eunuch is baptized. And the word goes forth. And to this day, Ethiopian Christians say, that's, that's where we started, right there. Well, speaking of Ethiopia, you know I've been there for just a short time. And I remember what one of the, the church officials told me, the pastors who was in a leadership position of the National Lutheran Church there, I guess you could say. I'm wanting to know all the strategies. What are you guys doing? I mean, this the fastest growing church in the world in Ethiopia, more Lutherans, as I said many times, in e- just Ethiopia than in all the United States and in all the different expressions of Lutheranism. I think now eight to nine million Lutherans in Ethiopia. And that's just the Lutheran side of it. But he said to me really clearly, he looked me in the eye and he said, Bill, nothing will happen without the Holy Spirit. And so I came away wondering about that passage where Jesus tells us, you know, how much more will God give to the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So I came home asking, how can we be even more open to the Holy Spirit? Well, let's just look at Philip and see how open he was. It's fascinating that the Holy Spirit speaks to Philip and says, go down, back down to the Jerusalem area. And, the, and you know, and it was a general state, just go. And I said, like, wow. Wow. He just went he had a general inkling. He didn't have a specific task. He said just a general thing And then once he gets there go join that chariot (laughs) Now I know a lot of you are probably thinking well, I wish the holy spirit would talk to me that clearly But maybe god the holy spirit has What are the general ways that the Holy Spirit directs us, like puts us in a place where God, the Holy Spirit, can work on us? The Word can work on us. Well, when I think about that general description, I think about what you're doing right now. You're in the body of Christ. You're getting to hear the Word. You're going to receive the Supper. You're amongst the community of faith. Sometimes I think praying is that way of the Holy Spirit directs us to pray, to read the scriptures. Um, Put yourself in a place where you're a big target for the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit's going to get to us one way or the other, but why not make yourself a big target? But then this more specific stuff comes. Then you get that, mmm from the Spirit, to do something specific. Like maybe, even with all this COVID restrictions and continued need to really be careful, maybe it is walking across outside to talk to someone. Maybe it's joining a small group via Zoom or otherwise. Maybe it is embarking on a service opportunity. Maybe it's liking Silverdale Lutheran's posts on YouTube. (laughs) Maybe it's encouraging someone else to download our app. Maybe it's forwarding one of our blogs or one of our devotionals. You forget how powerful that is. I had someone a while back who had gotten it from three different people, three removed, said, you know what you said really helped me about grief, or I forget even what it was about. It's so easy to do that specific word of evangelism by pressing like or, you know, forwarding something on. You, use that. You know, maybe the general part is just letting someone know that you're a Christian, and then the specific thing will come later. Maybe it's being a greeter, As we start to gear up again and get more people out there just to say, hi, welcome, and smile with your eyes behind your mask. Maybe it's phone calling someone specifically that you haven't seen and you've been thinking about. Maybe it is sending that card. I have no idea what the specific is. But put yourself generally amongst the people of God and let the Spirit work and then the Spirit. Specifics will come, but let me just say this. I bet Philip was thinking, you want me to do what? You want me to get in a chariot? You... Almost always it's scary. Almost always it's scary. I'm so thankful that a long time ago my mom after she had two boys, decided, i got to find a church. And she told me it was one of the scariest things she'd ever done. But if she wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be here. When the Holy Spirit calls, it is going to be scary, but God the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to do the mission. And all because Christ is risen, He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Abide in that vine. Amen.